the Life After High School podcast. Hey guys, David, welcome back. Awesome. Welcome to the show. This is a crazy studio you got set up for me, so I really appreciate you uh, having me in here and uh, giving me the chance to chop it up with you. Perfect, perfect, for sure. Yeah, well, this is the, welcome to the Lake City, yeah. uh, Lake City uh, uh, podcasting studio awesome. right now. Uh, happy to have you over, and uh, do you know what? Like, it's uh, it's it's so awesome to see local people that are doing things outside the box yeah. and doing things in a non-traditional way. And honestly, it's uh, like episode forty-five right now. That's uh, amazing to think the yeah. content you've been pushing out there and yeah, uh, and doing it on a consistent basis, which is amazing. So thank yeah, we're, thank you, man. I really appreciate that, and it means a lot, especially knowing that you guys have almost a hundred. You were just saying almost a hundred episodes now, over a year. Just almost, almost over a year. Yeah, just there. What is it? Two more weeks. Two more weeks, and we'll be at well, yeah, about a week and a half from where we're gonna hit our our one year mark of uh, selling the rock, which is our active podcast right nice. now. We have a few in, in in our office. We have three total podcasts. One's on a hi- one, one of mine's on a hiatus right now, but the real estate one is the one that I'm staying consistent with on a weekly nice. basis and pumping out the content yep. as much as I can. Right. So. That's awesome. That's the way to go. So then let's take a bunch of steps back. Yep. Um, what was kind of your quote unquote life after high school like? Or was that transitional period like for you to kind of now how you are? So like I went to high school just down the street, which is a small world, right? At Lockerbie yeah. and uh so grew up in the south end of yeah. town kind of thing. Um going like going around to what university I'm gonna go to after I ended up going to the wrench in, which was you know, it, it turned out to be a great school. It's where I met my wife, which is fantastic. Nice. Shout out to Ali, thanks for uh, all the support. Um and uh so going through like going through my university, like I I took a commerce degree, and I think I realized after like while I'm doing my commerce degree that commerce doesn't set you up for a job, it sets you up for an education, right? Where my wife's a nurse, so like you take a nursing degree to get a job in nursing, and yeah, and, yeah most field, of these yeah. like a lot of these like a lot of people think you're like going to school to get a job after, right? And, and that's not the case for a lot of post secondary education, right? So yeah. I took a commerce degree. And I'm like, what am I going to do? Am I going to do an accountant with it, or am I going to do finance? And marketing was kind of one of my passions with it, so I focused on marketing and uh, and uh, marketing and finance. And after doing some marketing, I like I was able to set myself up out of university with a job, yeah. and that was success oh, wow. for me. Is like nice. having a job when I before I graduate was like that's that's what that's I've, goal, I've made yeah. it right. It was the worst experience I've ever had. <laughs> and uh, sorry for all those uh, the, the, like my, the, those yeah. people that I worked with for that year, but it just wasn't fun. Like it, like it you, you can tell when you're in a position and you're passionate about what you're doing and you're right. making a difference. And sure, there was some high, some highs of the job at the time, but I wasn't I wasn't myself. I wasn't able to kind of you know flex my muscles in terms of doing what I want to do creatively and and having fun with life. Mm-hmm. So, but I think that's so important to learn at a young age is what do you like to do and what do you not like to do. Right. And we like there's so many people that are stuck at 45 or 55 in a job they they don't love. Yeah, and they can't at that point, right? How hard is it to get out? Yeah, exactly, right. So it's like the possible. idea of being able to like have that realization at like in my like w- one year out of university was amazing. Yeah. The the idea that I could actually set up and be like, no, you know what? This is what I'm passionate about. Like, let's go find what that 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 door is going right. to look like, and then you know pursue that and go from there. Now, with that being said, how did you discover? That marketing was more where your passion should be focused on. Uh, like marketing was the fun part of it, was like the, the creative uh, thinking. But like right from like a, a kid, like I was a monopoly player, right? Like I'm a, yeah. like, I I ran like nice. I, I was a newspaper deliverer at five years old. Like I I had oh, okay. we lived on a cul-de-sac and I there was four houses I delivered a newspaper to, right? So like I've, yeah. I've always had that entrepreneurial spirit. Even like th- during university, I ran three different businesses, like a, like one of the student works painting business, another ba- painting business kind of thing. So I was always looking.
looking for an entrepreneurial endeavor. Yeah. And I love the idea of creating my own destiny. Right. right. So like that's where I like I knew that that was going to be a passion and something I'm going to be you know pushing myself towards eventually. Mm-hmm. And you know that's where you know fast forward a few years and this is where I am right now. So. So with that then, how did you transition that into with your marketing skills and your finance skills into now you own Lake City Realty? Yeah. So jumping out like again having that one year experience where I realized I'm doing something I don't love yeah. like my dad was a real estate agent at the time he said come join me like so like that was mm-hmm. my foot in my door right so like uh, I remember yes. sh- like showing so up and like doing my, my yeah. edu- like my real estate education which yeah. it's compared to my I just finished a four year degree so like it wasn't that much it wasn't that complicated yeah. um, and the getting into the field and I remember my dad gave me a list of old files and he's like here call these people like this is this is the business and mm-hmm. I, I was able to kind of I, I, we came up at a time like I remember I was the first agent on Kijiji, right? Like I was like using t- social media and technology when yeah. other agents were like were dinosaurs and weren't using that technology. But that's we're talking in two thousand seven, right? So like yeah, like this is a this is a long time compared to now, and I think the idea of just trying to look at things differently and trying to approach the world and the the, the industry from a different perspective, mm-hmm. and you know what, like, like try to have fun with it. And still to this day, one of my pet peeves about realtors is the uh, the idea that we're all you know, we're all the same. There's a picture of us in a black and white suit, and we're like, like this. Mm-hmm. Like, we're all individuals, and we all have personalities, and we're all passionate about things. And like, go in on who you are, and be authentic to yourself. Yeah. And then everything else is going to come from there. So. I like what you said there because I've noticed a lot. To your point, a lot of other real estate groups in the city, they all have that. Like you said, like, not your words, mine. Yeah. Like an uptight look, in my opinion. Yeah. That's just. My opinion, right? And then seeing you guys, like, you're bored just out front on the side, right? You guys are all laughing, having a good time. Like, it's more, I feel, from somebody walking by or driving by or biking by, anything, it's a more welcoming atmosphere you give off even without entering the door. I I think at the end of the day, like you're going to attract like people to your business, right? And, like, it's easy. I remember being young. I was 22 or 23 when I first became a realtor, and you got to fake it till you're making your mind. I got to, like, look like a professional and... And like as a small little uh, like a story like to, to go on a little bit of a tangent, but Absolutely. my graphic designer. So I went like I was a few maybe four or five years in, and I created Team Kurt. It was me and my dad, right? Yeah. And I'm like, Dad, we gotta go get suits on, and we gotta like you know black and white shirts, and yeah. like, look super official, and like do those like. <laughs> and and she's like, Dave, you sure? Like this, is, this <laughs> isn't really you. And I'm like, No, this is I gotta fake it till I make it. Like I like I made sure like my yeah. first car to school is like I, I drove a Mercedes, and it was no. like, you know, like so that was like all really? important to me to have that image, right? What? And. Uh, and That's then, incredible. But yeah. then, like, like fast forward to like when I like that was Team Curtin. We had fun with him. We were successful, whatever yeah. different levels. And then when I was actually creating Lake City Realty, I went to that same graphic designer. They're amazing over at uh, at uh, it would come to me. <laughs> Megan's a Michelle is her name, and she's she's okay. absolutely uh, she's a rock star. Nice. Um, but uh, the, the name will come to me. <laughs> Sorry, but yeah. uh, um, they uh, th- th- well, I sat down with her again. I'm like, this yeah. is my vision, and she's like. Dave, this is you. you. I'm like, I want to be the anti-realtor. I want to be the guy that doesn't look like this. Like, what's the opposite of that? Like, and that's why we're colorful and we're bubbly oh, and we're fun and yeah. like, like, be authentic to who you yeah. are. And things are just gonna happen, right? So, yeah. no, I like. Uh, she's one who designed your logo, eh? Yeah, she did yeah. the logo. She did, yeah. Uh, that was one thing I was thinking about too. I was like, man, I gotta compliment him on his logo. It, it's sick. There's, she did a great job. There was so much time and effort and went into that, like to find something so simple, but yet that yeah. that message and like they do such an awesome job that they actually take it and they're like, you're sitting in a room looking out of a house and it's shaped like a window. So like they gave thought process from that, which is a different level than I'm even what? thinking about. Yeah, I'm looking. I'm thinking about it and I'm thinking what, to what the logo looks like now. Like, yeah, 
pound? Well, that's why they paid the big bucks to do it, right? Exactly, yeah. Well, and you know what? Like, that's what you deal with. And, and we've got so much local talent in the north that, like, these people are right around us. And yeah. I know that their their business has grown internationally and things like that. But but this th- th- these are just, like, three girls that are starting this amazing business out of Sudbury. Like, Huge. you know, that the, the, the Design Diploma is the name of it, by the way. And nice. They're, they're here, and they're, like, they're doing amazing things, right? So, uh, so it, it's just great to see. All right. So transitioning us a little bit into like the housing market and everything what's going on now. So I was talking on my trip out west. I have a few friends who are all, and we have a weird wavelength between all of us where I'll send a message to one of them. He'll be typing the same similar thing right to me. Yeah. You know, one of those friends, right? We all have them. And it was, I was like, hey, man, how's like, what's the real estate market like out there? And he's like, man, I was just thinking about investing. And I'm like, all right, sounds good. Like I'm in that industry to be, I want to buy buildings, rent out rooms, live in one as it kind of develops, and they kind of had the same vision for what they wanted as a way to almost start out. Now, with that being said, what are some tips for a young adult, say, uh, 25? Well, there's actually a term called, it's called house hacking. Right, like so, it's like hacking. what you're trying to do right now is describe it as like yeah, it's called house hacking, where you yeah. you buy something that's that's cheap, you live in the like the crummier apartment, and you rent out the nice part, and then yeah, well, you, you know when that when you can generate enough cash flow, then you take the increase in the equity there, whether you put it in from sweat equity, where you've actually right. Im- like improved the place because you yeah. put the basement apartment in, or you did a kitchen and a bathroom with your yeah, labor. You did your renovations. Yeah, yeah and then. Like whatever that's going to appraise at, then you pull the equity out up to eighty percent, and right. then you finance your next place because you could buy the next house for five percent down, and then maybe do it again. And yeah. you, you climb the ladder, and you know before you know it, you can have five or six of these things, right? So, Jeez. so it's it's just a matter of like kind of what I, I guess what I'm wondering is getting into it initially. Buying initially. your first house is the toughest. Yeah. Buying house two to ten is easy. That's what everyone so says. Like, like buying your first house is the toughest part of it because yeah. again, you've got to like five percent down in this marketplace. Our average price point is like. 350 that's a lot of cash like you're coming up with yeah. 20,000 bucks where's somebody on the street coming up with 20,000 bucks that, that that's tough to do that's a yeah. lot of savings but like on house number two your house appreciated because the market went up and then you did a kitchen or you did some bathrooms and you you did the work yourself yeah. well all that's added to the value and now that's increased your value and now is that added value is that the equity that you that's the equity. that's what it, yeah. okay. and then that's what you get access to the equity yeah. to eight to the tune of 80 percent or whatever uh when you're going to refinance and that's how you're uh, able to leverage the equity to plot property number two and when you're I going see. to buy your principal residence, you only yeah. need 5% down. Right. So maybe the next house is going to be 350 again. You need $20,000. Mm-hmm. But all of a sudden, you know, the market's gone up. Like in the south end, the market's gone up like 70,000 bucks year over year for an yeah. average house. So like like just by living in the same house. Just in this COVID time. Just, just in this COVID time, basically, you know, 12 months ago, like right. we've, we've already had massive increases. So like that's yeah. allowing people to go buy their second and third places. Right. Yeah. Uh, now, with that, I guess I'm really curious that because... Now, it's first house, house number one, right, the hard part. What makes it so difficult? Is it just that it's a new experience for people and they aren't really sure? Or do you notice there's a lot of commonalities where they just don't have enough money built up or not enough credit? Like, I think that there's people, you're out of school, you're 25 years old, right? So you paid for your education, probably. So, like, you probably have some student debt even, right, that you're trying to pay back, that kind of thing, right? And it's the idea that you've got to save up. Like, what am I, I've got clients out there that are shopping now, and it's like, what can I get at two hundred? And to be honest, you're not getting a lot. Yeah. And like, to to buy two hundred thousand, that's ten thousand dollars plus down, mm-hmm. right? So like like who who's got ten thousand dollars sitting in a sock drawer? Not a lot of people. 
Yeah. Right. So like that, that's the tough part is to be in a position where you can have the stars aligned that you've got the down payments. Mm -hmm. And that's why we've seen marketplaces that have really exploded, like Southern Ontario marketplaces, Mm -hmm. man, like most of that money that comes in is from parents. And parents are yeah. writing checks for, like, because they look at it and they say, I bought a house in the 1980s, my stock market has gone up and down, maybe they're worth a little bit more. Yeah. But you know what's been really great? Is the house that we bought in Toronto in 1980 for $180,000 is now worth $1.2 million. Yeah. So they're saying, the real estate's been the best investment I've ever made, and I want my kids to benefit from this. Right. So they're pulling $200,000 yeah. out of the And they can afford the to do that. Because yeah. of the increase in equity. And they're ah, like, it's, they're going to get it, you know, in a, like in a will eventually, so right. why not to give it to them in your lifestyle? Sooner they can kind of see the so that's. But when you when you have this happening, right. now you're creating an artificial, like you're adding some artificial um, demand, uh, supply into the yeah. market, sorry, demand to the marketplace because these people that are buying that couldn't afford a house are now mm-hmm. artificially able to afford a house. Right. And because they're buying, that's putting more pressure on prices and, you know, and putting more pressure on the overall marketplace, which is increasing prices. So. Like yeah. it's it's a, it's been yeah. a tough marketplace, and like at the end of the day, the government realizes that they've done this, and they don't want it to stop because like they've controlled interest rates on the back end, where you know basically free money, like the interest rates are yeah. just over one percent now. So like they 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 don't want to see the housing market take a tumble or anything like no, that. So even if they see it happening, they're going to be controlling interest rates on the back end, or like yeah. like now the thing that the the government's looking at doing is increasing amortizations back to fifty year mortgages. So. They're going to do whatever they can yeah. to make sure that people are in a good, a good foothold position. So, so now I'm curious because comparing markets, for example, like if we say Ottawa versus Sudbury, what kind of drives the difference? Ottawa is like it, it's a unique one that you grabbed out of thin air there, and the reason that's unique is because of the amount of government workers and the government workers yeah. are constant and they're like continuous, and yeah. it's still you. People will leave Sudbury because they're looking for the big city and they'll go to Ottawa. Yeah. Right. So, like, that's kind of where, like, somebody from Sudbury is going to be like, well, I don't want Toronto, but I want a big city living, so I'm going to go right. to what is it, one million or whatever it is down in. But people from Kirkland Lake and from North Bay and from Sault Ste. Marie and from New Liskert, they leave those northern area towns and they go for the big city and they come to Sudbury. Yeah. So we have that inflow as well, right? And it's like, right. so we have it not to the same degree that a city like Ottawa would no. have, but we still have we're the hub of the north in Sudbury, and that's made made us such a strong uh, opportunity for the continued and sustainable yeah. growth for what we've experienced. And like from what I've heard in stats is we haven't really increased as a population. I think looking at like since COVID happened, like we're gonna look back at these stats and we're gonna realize we grew 5%. Now, I picked that example specifically because that's where the four, uh, there were five of us that went on the trip, two of us live in Sudbury, and then the three of them live in Ottawa and I went to school there. So for four years when I was there, I was with them, I was hanging out, drinking with them, doing all the fun stuff. And when we went on the trip together and we talked about this, so that's why Ottawa fuels that yeah. location. But one of the buddies that was asking me, and I'm curious about this as well, what are some almost hidden fees that are there when you're buying your initial house? So when you're buying your initial house, they actually want to see, like, the banks want to see, like, behind the scenes, 2%. 2% of extra. So you have your 5% down, they want to see 2% of what they call closing costs. Uh, so, like, and now it's never really 2% because, yeah. like, you, you, you like you're buying your first home, your land transfer tax, which is the biggest part of that two percent, is going to be free up to about a three hundred eighty thousand dollar house. Um, so basically, okay. there's this extra tax 
yeah. that uh, the gov- the provincial government charges when you purchase your first house, when you purchase any house, um, that's like it's a, it's a, almost equivalent to three quarters of one percent. So seven hundred fifty for every hundred hundred thousand dollars you buy. Okay, so sense. it ends up being a few thousand dollars when you're buying a house. Yeah, nothing substantial, but still but it, yeah, it's all numbers that kind of you know work into the whole yeah. uh, the grand scheme, right? So so the gut like the banks want to see that you have your five percent down in your yeah. bank account, but plus two percent, and that's going to cover things like home inspections, which are five hundred ish. You know, it's going to cover things like. Um, maybe uh, like uh, you have to pay uh, an increase in utilities because you've never had utilities in your name and you right. know, it needs to be like a transfer there. It's going to cover things like that land transfer tax. It's going to cover things like lawyer fees. It covers like that that big that grand scheme of things. Now, where does CMHC come into the play? So CMHC comes into play when like if you like we just talked about you know you're buying a three hundred thousand dollar house and I've got five percent down, fifteen thousand yeah. bucks. Like that's yeah. a lot of cash. Well, it is a lot, but it's not. Three hundred thousand, like the like the government's put, like the the banks are putting the money at risk, right. and if the marketplace goes down for like five percent, now you actually are what's called like you have no equity, because like you put five percent down, but like your house is only worth like what your mortgage is worth right now. Yeah. So whenever they, they see that anybody that's putting less than twenty percent down on a house, yeah. they see that as a risky endeavor, and because there's okay. risk, they yeah. want to have uh, an insurance company insure the mortgage. So okay, it could be Genworth, it could be CMHC, yeah. and there's Canada Canada Maple, I think, or Canada Trust. Like those are the three main companies that we hear about in those worlds. But they're there to to in, give an insurance policy for that mortgage at the end of the day. So anybody that puts let down less than twenty percent is a kind of as a rule of thumb, has to get an insurance policy, and therefore that that's when they tie themselves to that Genworth or CMHC. Oh, okay, and that's where they come in, and, and there's extra fees through them as well. Yeah. And the, the the biggest part that like people don't realize is like, so. Like I think it's a, it's about one percent. It's a, it's phase. So if you put down five yep. percent, it's something. If you put down fit ten, it's something else. If you put down fifteen, it it, it decreases to, to the lowest level. Right, and it's up to twenty. And at twenty percent, it's eliminated basically. Yeah, for a oh, residential okay. standpoint. Um, but like yeah, th- that fee is going to be added to the mortgage and then amortized over the life of the mortgage. But they actually will charge you the HST on that at the lawyers on closing. So there's an extra couple hundred dollar fee that they're hitting on on the CMHC fee uh, the the taxes for it on closing so there is a, like a lot of those yeah. extra little things that happen because from what my knowledge is about this is i'm in the realm of saving 20 percent of of two hundred fifty thousand. that's my goal right that's the goal before i make but 20 percent of two hundred fifty thousand is not a little amount of money no. and then i'm thinking 20 percent because of what you said right where it's i don't want my as simplistic, as simply as I can explain this is, at least in my head, I'm trying to verbalize it for you, right? But yeah, I want to less risk, right? Yeah. If you pay, I pay more up front, cost me less down the road on interest because I'm sure though, like their interest rate isn't the lowest thing. It's actually it's funny when you mention interest rates because like if you get a CMHC insured mortgage, you'll actually yeah. get a better rate than if you get an uninsured mortgage, and the reason is like. If you'd put down 20%, now yeah. the bank's money's at risk. Whereas if you put down 5% CMHC's money, like you have an insurance yeah. policy where like if I put down 20% on a house, now I don't have an insurance policy. So the bank's actually feeling like, oh, uh, because of that, like, better to... yeah, you get a slightly better rate, which is like, it's I think it's a BS, but it's it's tied to it at the back end. It is what it is. Yeah. Um, but your thought process works well if, if you're in a position where like, you know, like you're close to that 20% level or yeah. whatever. But most people are not going to see like 50000 plus of that savings they need to be yeah. able to put down 20% on a house like that. No. So because of that, like, why why wait if you could put down, like, if, if housing makes sense for you, and it doesn't mm-hmm. make sense for everybody, but if it makes sense for you, especially somebody that's handy and you've got a construction yeah. background, then why not get into something that with 
twelve thousand dollars down yeah. and start putting like like put ten thousand dollars in renovations and maybe you've already gained that equity of that uh, that extra thirty thousand or something. Interesting. So I could almost fast track. It's it's leverage, right? So like if yeah. you're able to leverage the bank's money and like if you you take these rich dad poor dad se- uh, sessions and things like that, they're gonna they call it OPM. Yeah, I've read that book twice. Yeah. Yeah. Other people's money, right? So you yeah. want to leverage other people's money, and that's why, like, yeah. So like that, you go yeah. in, and you don't use your money, you use the bank's money, or use the like the seller's money, yeah. the vendor take back, or whatever the case might be, kind of thing. So, uh-huh. yeah. But the idea of leverage is there. Um, at the end of the day, I'm I'm a big fan of slow, meticulous, steady, well thought out growth. Yeah, very that's, methodical that's, approach. Yeah. Don't, uh-huh. don't grow too fast. Don't like. And I, I remember hearing a story when I first got into business that there was somebody in Sudbury that bought eighty seven houses in three years. And I'm like, wow, like that's nuts. Like, like this exists in in Sudbury in like like 2008 or 2009 or something like that. Um, but it was just like, that's not for me, you know. Like like slow, steady, maybe like like one or like chip away, get an investment every year yeah. for whatever you can. It makes sense, to you guys. Like that that makes sense to me. Nice. Yeah. Okay. That makes that makes a lot more sense. I was always on the fast track of thinking. Fast track thinking for me was always if I save 20 percent, then I won't have the interest that CMHC charges. It's it's like like we're talking like you you, you want to save up fifty thousand so that you can save two thousand dollars over the grand of a mortgage, but at yeah. the same time like exactly if you would have bought a house last year and I, I don't want to be over, somebody that says that my house is going to go up every year or whatever but like just yeah. the difference in the house prices last year this year is like we've already grown ten percent which is like we went from three hundred yeah. to three to three forty right so right and just from somebody who's just around the community and every time I'm like oh that house sold pretty quick. It's definitely a seller's market. It feels like we we've we've never experienced it. Like in like I've been in it since two thousand seven, so I've never seen an active as a seller's market as as two thousand and twenty has been. Yeah. Now it's taken a step back, and it's mm-hmm. like the last few weeks. But there's seasonality to the marketplace, right? Like, yeah. like the, I remember pulling up. Yeah, some I was just s- listening to you mention this on your podcast. Yeah, yeah. So I remember pulling up some stats, and like there was uh, like January fifteenth at the time when I did the research was like the cheapest day of the year to buy yeah. a house, and May fifteenth is the most expensive day of the year to buy a house. So if you're buying, that's when you want to buy is January fifteenth, and if you're selling, you want to sell at May fifteenth, kind of thing. Um, but at the end of the day, like. Who likes to move in the winter? Like we have snow out there right now. Like yeah. the picture of packing up your house and trudging it like through like moving vans and no you know like so like most yeah, people cold. like like that's one pain point and because that pain point's there then there will be less buyers and because there's less buyers then the market might be easier right so all yeah. those things kind of work out right. It's a matter of almost think it's best to get like buy in this time, deal with the cold, <laughs> deal with it all as long as your house has heating. I guess it's all right. <laughs> And then start it so that it's ready for uh, summertime. If if that makes sense to you, but then you have an asset that's you know a couple hundred thousand dollar asset that's sitting there, it's like just sitting idle that you're not doing anything with. So like it's maybe worth hiring that moving company, right? So might be yeah. (laughs) Kidding. Yeah. Switching gears a bit then to um, because just hearing what you said now with seasonal market is I was listening to it almost like a day ago. You know, in my process trying to refresh the episodes I hadn't listened to or whatnot. You know, I was doing my preparation for the podcast, and I was wondering, what inspired you guys to start one? Because as far as I know, you guys right now are looking at the only two people in this city with a podcast. Now, you can comment or tell me later in the DMs how... I'm wrong to say that, but as far as I know, and as far as what I'm, I'm following. You know, do you know I'm following uh, Sudbury Politics as well? They're putting yeah. up uh, some content on not so uh, regular uh, basis, but okay. like that. And then CKLU's got a few things going yeah. on as well. So like it's so basically, I started Lake City Realty because I'm an outside the box thinker. Like, and I want to yeah. approach real estate 
differently than anybody else. Like again, you're not seeing that picture of us like this because we're doing something different. You guys are like, smiling. Like I, I really weird. believe in like. Yeah. It's so easy to say this is the way it's always been done, so this is the way it has to be. Right, right? and that's why like so many people will continue to, to grow on it, to, to, to like build their business on. Is like that's the way it's done, so I have to do it this way too. And and I want to challenge like at every way, shape, or form, yeah. I want to challenge that. And one of the things is like content, and and I'll sit down and I think Tristan Ritchie, who's one of our team, like I remember him in his first year in real estate, he came out, he's like Dave. I'm young. None of my friends are buying houses. Like, what do I do? And I'm like, just start building content. And I, I honestly think he's the best content realtor in Sudbury right now. Like, he's he's killing it on social. But because yeah. he's put the time and energy and effort into to building a following and putting the content out there. And and today, the people that are buying houses, like there is some of them that are asking their mom and dad, and they're saying, oh, who who is the realtor you dealt with? And maybe that that was the experience, and that's that's who they'll deal with. Mm-hmm. But we're becoming more and more reliant on. You know, we like as a millennial, like we're out there searching. We're gonna like go on Google, and we're gonna go on like YouTube, and we're gonna go ask like our our friends on Facebook and stuff nice. like that. Is who you who did you, you who did you deal with? And there has to be answers for those. And on a local level, there's not a lot of content answering things. And no, there's like specific at all. templated stuff all. saying like, oh, like it's like like there will be Sudbury or a Canadian housing stats or like a lot of Toronto market stats yeah, or whatever. Very different. But there's there's not a lot of content happening at a local level, and that's where I'm I'm trying to build the content library that's going to be around in five years from now, mm-hmm. because you know when you're building this 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 this, this content, it doesn't go away, and it's no. like you know from the, that that sales side of it, like we're, we're as much as I can do evergreen material that like I can repurpose and use down yeah. the road or whatever, that's stuff that's not going away, no. and that's somebody's going to search for that in in three years from now or five years from now yeah. or three days from now, and they're going to come across something, and they're going to say, oh like what's what's this guy all about? And right. if they see that I've got a library of hundreds of episodes on, on Spotify yeah. and on Apple Podcasts and things like that, then there's going to be credibility there, yeah. right? And again, maybe I'm not a good fit, but maybe I am a good fit. And then yeah. that's going to be figured out online. And then if I have credibility, then I'm going to be leading the charge in that regard. Nice. So, yeah. And like, like even with the people, the people that come on to our team, like I really try to figure out where, like what they're passionate about. Like, like my sister Kelly joined our team recently, mm-hmm. and her background is as a stager, right? So, like, I want yeah. her to, to be doing staging content because, like, that's what she's passionate about. And yeah. we have Jen who just joined our team, and she's like, she's got a background and is a real estate investor, and you know, she she knows what it's like to buy her first and second and third building. So, I want her to be doing content on that. And and Tristan's got like tons of experience with first time home buyers and now step up buyers and even luxury buyers. So he's doing so much content around that. And Mike's mm-hmm. the same; he's got a, a construction background. So I want to have uh-huh. him doing some consult. Like again, everybody has a background, and everybody has a story. And if you can put the content that's, don't be, don't be, uh, like, lie about it. Be truthful to who you are. Yeah. But, like, whatever you're passionate about in your story, like, that's going to come across. Nice. And first of all, I definitely, uh, I enjoy listening to it. The audio is phenomenal. There's no, I've listened to some that are, like, choppy or people blowing into the mic. I don't know what's going on. We, but we struggle with it and it's, it goes it's not well. great. But, yeah, yeah like, it's, it it's a good. learning process. And, like, yeah. and you can find every excuse in the book not to start, Right. It's so easy. It's man. so easy. Like, like it's too easy. And that's why, like, but what you need is like, and I remember being in like, like it was almost our first year in the business, and I looked at Tristan. I'm like, Tristan, by year end, year end, I wanted to have a podcast yeah. and I wanted to have a TV show. Yeah. And I'm like, I had, I had neither of those things. And he said, let's, let's go. Like, we're like, go on Amazon, chief. buy a mic, let's start, re- let's start recording. Nice. Right. And that's what we did, and we just started hitting the ground running. So. That's sick. And now, tell me a bit about your show. TV show's not there yet, but it's like it's something that I want to grow yeah. towards. Tristan tried with a vlog and. You're doing an excellent, excellent job of consistency. 
And again, nice. you like the biggest Thank thing you, you want to do is you want to have consistency yeah. when you're going to go all in on something. You want to make sure it's, it's there. Yeah. So, like again, we, I, I fully will take control. Like I, I realize it's an excuse right now that I'm not putting the time and effort into it. But down the road, and like it, as a 2020 yeah. vision before the end of the year, which is very it, we're closing in on, yeah, was my goal. But uh, again, if yeah. I if I if I come up short and it's going to be pushing to 2021, then that's okay. With yeah, it, so. and it is definitely something that you also shouldn't really rush like i had this is my second podcast i've ever done i had really? one originally that i did for like six months with a buddy of mine but it was it's weird having a co-host we tried to do a lot of things and it one good thing came out of it as much as it fell through in the end the best thing that came out of it was now i knew what we wanted we both were like hey you want it this way which is very different from mine you want like comedy style entertainment i'm like I want to focus on self-improvement and actually learning from the guests I have on and because it's it's very different style of podcast we were trying to do but we were trying to mesh them together so I'd be asking somebody about what their journey was or their advice but then he'd be asking about like what it was like partying when they were his age and it's like all right very, it's different a li- yeah. yeah a little too different but doing it solo then and now shifting gears has made it not only there's a formwork to it and there's a the goal is always there, right? The goal of kind of sharing your story, and you guys do Sudbury stories as well, right? Sudbury stories, yeah. yeah. So I think you mentioned in, I think it was recently, I could be wrong, um, it was with, um, oh, I can't remember her name. Uh, it was a video with a lawyer, but I can't remember her name. With a lawyer, uh, well, no. Amanda Belloni. Yes, yeah. thank you. Yeah, I apologize for not uh, yeah. recalling that, but. Yeah, and uh, you mentioned the vision of it is to share stories from the city that inspire people and everything. And man, that's you. Yeah. That's what you guys are doing. And, and, and like, it's incredible. But but there's there's so many people like this in the community, right? And a like, lot. And a lot of people. And like Sudbury's an awesome place, like a really yeah. really awesome place. So like let's lean into it and let's like make sure that we are we have our vo- a voice heard a little bit, right? So yeah. there's so many people that are naysayers and like hating on Sudbury for whatever reason and like. Sure. If that's your, if that's your, I'm a very yeah, optimistic cool. person, and like the the, yeah, the, so the glass is always half full around me, kind of yeah. thing. So like I'm, uh, like I, I I don't have a place around naysayers usually, but like nice. man, we're 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 an awesome place, an amazing place to raise my kids, to have my family. Yeah. You know, like it's uh, I couldn't picture a better place. That's for sure. Nice. Then with that, what do you think makes a strong community, or how do you develop a strong community in this COVID time? Because you guys ran an event the other weekend. Yeah, we did that. Uh, like. Well, again, uh, we, we partnered up with Kiwi Park for mm-hmm. our, our, our pumpkin fest or pumpkin giveaway. So we we sponsored 500 pumpkins, and we're doing a pumpkin carving contest that's actually currently ongoing right now. Um, and we just were like, yeah. Kiwi Park is such an awesome thing, right? To have this oh, amazing, it. amazing park yeah. right in the middle of the city and, the, well, just outside the city kind of thing. And, like, but to see the passion of volunteers that are there and to see, like, Carrie, the executive director behind it, which she's, again, a rock star, mm-hmm. like, it's such an an awesome opportunity to leverage there, and we were able to have like a few thousand people, and yet socially distanced the entire time. Whether it was s'mores yeah. or we're like, uh, my my sister actually ran the uh, haunted walk, and like just nice. it was it was so awesome to see the community come together and support mm-hmm. that. But like everything Kiwi Park does, the community supports. I feel like there there's there's these yeah, they're there, very good there's there's these amazing people in the in the community that want to be there and and help out. And mm-hmm. plus, like during COVID, people have been shut down and in their houses and they're looking for an excuse to get outside yeah anything so i couldn't believe like how many people i chatted with that day that were like man this is amazing i'm like i've been looking for an excuse to get outside with my kids and yeah i go outside with my kids all the time even during covid which oh, is yeah. like, just in our yard or whatever but like but if you if you've been stuck indoors with kids like man that's a tough place to be right so 
Yeah. <laughs> I can imagine. Man, so with kids, with the business and everything, the marriage and stuff, how do you manage your time? How do you prioritize it's, it all? It's, it's really tough. Roof, obviously. It's really tough, and like I think that's like one of the toughest parts of our life. Whatever you put your your yeah. like your, your your time and your energy into is like how to manage your priorities in life. Um, for me, like it does come like I've I've shifted my my mentality a lot to like legacy and like what do I want to leave behind and what do I want to be remembered for. Nice. So like the idea of actually building something and having a place that like again it's not tied to myself, but if my kids can point to the to something and say Dad did that. That's nice. really cool. And you see these people ah, that, that are leaving cool. like yeah. like leaving money to the uh the, the hospice and leaving money like like mm-hmm. look at the, the Mrs. Fielding who left all the like the, the, the land to Fielding Park and like if you can have even one tenth of that and like there is these people that Greta Clark is someone that just recently passed and like she touched so many people in this community. Mm-hmm. Like she was such an inspiration and like everybody like they I, I got to know her through Camp Quality and like the volunteer work that she was doing there, right? But nice. like like that's the amazing legacy that you wanna leave is like not for what you're doing when you're alive and like do it the best you can, but like for what people tell you about like yeah. the people that are not around that table and the, the stories they're telling about those people, that's what you want to be remembered for, right? It's whatever uh and who was I No, it's whatever people think, right? And when I was telling uh was man, I had a buddy of mine who was telling me this the other day actually on like his name's troy and he was a, he's a strength and conditioning coach and he's on today's episode of the podcast yeah and he was telling me that his father the legacy he left behind was when they were at he was at his funeral this is gonna be a spoiler because they don't watch the show but <laughs> and i guess he was telling me somewhere they're at the funeral and every single person was coming up to him saying man your dad was such a hard worker he did he stayed late when i had when i was sick he would do this he was just such a good dude he didn't ask for anything in return. He worked so hard. And hard work and discipline was kind of his niche thing that he left behind for everyone. And hearing that and then hearing you say that, man, when did it click that that was something that you kind of... Well, like, I lost my mom, like, uh, like just over 10 years ago now. And so, like, she was 53 when she died, which is, like, super young That's to be way a too parent, young, right? Yeah, yeah. way too young. Um, so, like, I, I was 20-whatever. And... Uh, so like that, like that was tough, but like it was amazing to have like a really supportive wife and like yeah. me and my sisters and my dad got super close to the family when we went through all that. But like she was that kind of person that like, you know, I still have people come up to me and be like, that this time she did this for me or this time she did this, and like so nice. I had those no stories way. being told, and like she was a walking saint in this world kind yeah. of thing, right? So like to have have a a mom that led such an amazing example and then to try to live up to that, you know, is, is uh, like, that's, yeah, it's that's an everyday the, battle. It's an everyday battle. And it's, it's going nice. to be something that's a lifelong, uh, kind of mission. Right. So, yeah. man, that's so cool. Now on the subject of Sudbury, what I want to know is, do you have like a favorite experience about from this city or that you've, so it's, it's not developed? even really experience, but like I, I was 30 years old when I bought my dream home. Like, wow. like how, how good for you, man! Wow, you, you like Sudbury has that ability, you know. Like, like even our, before that. So our first house we bought in Sudbury was like I was twenty three or twenty four, and like we ended up on Simon Lake, which was a great place for us and a great starter house or whatever. But at thirty, I was able to buy my dream home. Where, and now that I have this home, like, and it's like we have this amazing outdoor lifestyle, and that we live on the lake, and we can take saunas, and we're out there with my family, and like my kids are fishing every single morning before school. Yeah. Like in the summer, like we'll fish for an hour, and like we'll no catch kidding. some fish, and then we'll just like we'll like we'll just come upstairs. Like this is. <laughs> This is the ability that I have. This, this, uh, oh, like, this is the lifestyle we're able to live with yeah. my family, oh, and like, this incredible. is the experience of Sudbury. Yeah. It's the outdoors combined with yet yeah. we can still go to restaurants and go grab a pub and like, grab a drink in the pub. Feel. We're still a city feel, but yet we're, you know, if I want to go catch the Raptors, I, one of my best friends and I were, we were fortunate enough to catch yeah. the the finals. Like we went down to, to Toronto and the, you know, we were able to get tickets or whatever. So like yeah. we went down to the finals, which was an amazing experience yeah, last year when we were actually able to go to live sports. But like. 
So we were four hours away from that, right? So <laughs> like four hours away from that, Sports. yet we still have this amazing hub of, of uh, outdoors and wildlife and, and nature. And you can do these things at 30 years old. Yeah. Whereas like if I'm living in Toronto in the grind, like I'm not doing any of that. Yeah, it's far to get to a cottage area. Well, it's like you're going to live in a, in a, in a shoebox apartment. You're going to be doing mm-hmm. whatever. And you're going to pay 10 times the, play, the prices that you're going to pay here. Yeah, and it's almost not worth it. It's like, like whatever your passion is, right? If, right. if work's important right. to you and like climbing that corporate ladder is important to you, then that's you probably, yeah. especially pre-COVID, that was going to be your best opportunity to do that is being in the hub. But here it's like it is that work-life balance, right? And mm-hmm. and the, the crazy thing about real estate is I really think that there's something about selling somebody a house that really like is going to shape their, their family experience, right? So like okay. I'm, I'm involved with the ability to introduce them to like like the house that they're going to buy and they're going to you know grow into yeah. and and have kids in and you know have like outdoors play space or whatever that looks like mm-hmm. and like maybe the kids are going to get like there's going to be family pictures done and like so I'm able to take have a play a part mm-hmm. in creating and shaping their family experience right and I think that that's, that's the really fact cool that I've been able to benefit too. so much from from where yeah. I am in that lifestyle that we're living and I can kind of have a play a part in, in in giving that to other people like that's one of the things that I'm most passionate about real estate jeez Man, that sounds really cool. That's that's a really cool way of putting it. And with this city, I've noticed a lot of things where... So being out west, um, my my aunt would often say, like, you know, Sabri, and a lot of, like you said, there's a weird... I was thinking about this earlier today as well. There almost seems to be, and I don't know if you notice it at all, but a stigma around the city. Yeah, like I thought, like I think we did have a stigma, especially when we were tied to like being a mining city. Yes, but uh, but like we're we're no longer a mining city, and we're like no. even the mining that's happening, like the Sudbury Mining Week uh, group has done such an awesome job of being mm-hmm. like the, like mining is super technical nowadays, and it's done yeah. you know there's more technology in the mining industry than there is in you know tons of other industries. Well, um, yeah. And the idea that we're like we're the research hub, we've got uh, so much going on from like uh, Snow Lab. From the snow lab, but also like like if you look at that that corridor, like yeah. all down Walford Road, like the amount of mm-hmm. research jobs that are there, and like including my uh, alma mater of Mararco, where <laughs> I started the interview off of my first job. But uh, like it's like we, we have this hub yeah. of, of these awesome research jobs that are there. Plus we have the the School of Medicine, where like we're a teaching hospital here, mm-hmm. we're the cancer center for the north, and then we have other things like the the, the education jobs we have and the CRA jobs we have. Like we yeah. are a completely diversified city, mm-hmm. and on top of that, we've got a university and two colleges too. So like yeah. we've got the the, the post secondary education that people are coming here for too. Yeah. So we've done an amazing job of differentiating ourselves away from being that mining town. And yeah. like I think the further we got away from that, that's when the state is left. And there's still people that. Say, yeah. oh, I don't want to be in like in Sudbury, you know, where it's just raw, barren rock or whatever. But they can leave. Yeah, they can leave more for us. That's the way to see it, man. I really like that outlook you have on it a lot because there's like, like I said, there's a lot of weird stigma we're all trying to get rid of. And I was talking with my hairdresser earlier, this, like last week, whatever about uh about that exactly, and that there's almost like a inability to change or be adaptable to the change, especially now that. COVID's kind of being a thing now that schools are starting and now that there's a few cases now at Llewellyn. It's tough. Yeah. So there's a lot of that that's kind of it's nerve-wracking. But, like, the inability to be... The inability to change is, is based on the individual. Right. And, you know, like, I think... Like, there's enough people in Sudbury that are kind of challenging the status quo and saying, you know what, like, that's the way it was done before. But, yeah. like, just because... Again, that same mentality I bring to real estate, but 
there's tons of people that are bringing that to everything, right? It's like, uh, yeah. I, that, that's what my parents did, but just because my parents did it doesn't mean I have to do it, right? So right. I think that's just our generation that's that's reclaiming themselves kind of thing. And the work from home is, like, the COVID has actually kind of made Sudbury even more attractive because you don't need to be in the hub and you can be no, able to right. And the other, the other yeah. thing that I've really noticed on from, like, especially around the work from home and, and with COVID is, like, I had a lot of friends that, they had the goal of going to Southern Ontario and uh, you know creating their their careers or whatever and coming yeah, back to Sudbury in twenty years or whatever. Okay, Those cool. people have fast forwarded that decision a lot of times and they said, you know what, family's important to me. We like we no longer have to be there, so like why not come to Sudbury five or ten years earlier and start building well, my family bases here now? So yeah. yeah, nice. So now, kind of, you guys and you were telling me this um, at the end of your episodes. You do with your guests, right? And you'll typically do. Like a firing round, yeah. right? So Rapid I kind fires. of yeah, yeah. So are you up for a few? Of course, I'd love All to. Right. So they're mainly specific. They're mainly for the city itself. And you gave me one of the ideas, and I wanted to. My view with this was I want to kind of compare answers because I'm really curious. Because you're a few years older than me, and um, I want to kind of compare. Right? Yeah, for sure. So best date spot. Best date spot would be like how can you go wrong with the boardwalk? Like it's just such an uh, awesome place. You get outside, uh, that's a good you call. get you get outside, you're right on the yeah, lake, that kind of good. thing. Like it's like, and that's like honestly, it's it's a cheesy thing. It's not really the greatest uh, thing, good. but like you, that's where like if me yeah. and my wife are able to get away from the kids for a couple hours, like that's, that's where, where we're go. gonna. Yeah. We'll, we'll maybe grab a coffee or grab a, nice. a drink on a, on a pub somewhere or whatever. Nice. But we'll probably hit that uh, hit the boardwalk on nice. the way home. Damn, that's a good one. <laughs> that's a good one. I had a uh, go karting. Go-karting. Go-karting. Are you a big go-kart guy? Yeah. I love it. Man, yeah. there are some days I'm driving around with my friends or dropping them on be like, hey, dude, what are you doing for like the next 30 minutes? They're like, uh, nothing. I'm like, all right, go-karting. What do you think? Is the batting cage so, still open there too? Yeah. It's been yeah, a few years since I've been back there, but like my kids are actually yeah. at, just at that age where probably in two or three years from now, they're going to really enjoy that. So I'm looking forward to rediscovering that with my kids. That's for sure. Nice. I'm not good at the batting cage, so I'm, sh- <laughs> I'm sure they'll have a good time. <laughs> so... Best spot to see the sunset. Honestly, it's like I'm gonna make everybody super jealous, but like my living room is like there's Stop. there's not a place in this world in Sudbury that's a better sunset than my what? Yeah, and it's like it sets over the lake, over the over a, a mountain, and it's like the reddest uh, sunset you can ever get. It's yeah. it's like every single day I pinch yeah. myself when I'm looking at that from that that view. And I've taken if anybody that follows me on Insta, I usually like will take a chance to put it on my story yeah. or whatever. But like it is the most gorgeous. That's spot. where it's from. Yeah. <laughs> that was the same place where your sunrise photo was? So that was in my front yard today. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Again, this is where like, we have this ability in yeah. to, to be able to be in the country and have these things, yeah. right? So. And that was, like you said earlier, the coolest spot about Phoebe Park, where it's like 10 minutes from my girlfriend's house. And she lives in a very She's right downtown, city probably. Area. Like, yeah. Yeah. And in 10 minutes, she can get there. And she's like, I don't know if you guys are enjoying Crowley Lake or whatever. Like, yep. Like, yeah, I went to like two weeks ago. And then even if not, if you want to be even closer to town than the Sudbury Boat and Canoe Club, like, yeah. just go get your uh, your stand-up paddleboard pass for the year, your mm-hmm. kayaks, like, just take use of it. Make Dude. use of what's there. And every single day, or almost every day, I'd have a buddy, shout out to you, Devin, he, uh, him and I, or one of us, one of us would message the other, go, hey, bro, you want to uh, go jump in the lake? Yeah, 25 minutes drive, there, jump in the lake, back in, the, back in like, the opposing living room. It's, like, yeah. within half an hour. It's and like, Incredible. Thinking about how, thinking about that idea of being in Toronto where there's no lakes and stuff like that, it's just like, I couldn't understand that. Like the idea of, uh, we love it. Like I've I've been in the lake in our like we live on Black Lake where we are just in Lively, and I've been in the lake every month except for 
uh, February, I believe, right now. So like that's like that that's where the you were in January, January, March, we've in, March we've been in, yeah. <laughs> March Ooh. break we're in every time. You, even if you have to go with an yeah. axe and chisel the whole up. What's that like? Cold. You got to fire the sauna up and you're you're fine. Oh, your kids go in and everything too. <laughs> uh, so I like my kids. If it's if it's too cold, we're not going to the kids. But yeah, I usually I hold their hands and I dip their like if I dip their ankles, that's level what? one. If I dip them up to their knees, that's level two. If I dip them on their whole body, that's level three. Kind of, yeah. So yeah. Goes ankles, knees, all the way. <laughs> yeah, I'm usually the waist, and then it's like it's like yeah. full it's like, oh, are you good? And Two that weeks? way you can like yeah, up and up. <laughs> oh, that's incredible. So, do you know? Um, I think it's Sunrise Ridge, right? Sunrise Ridge, yeah. Now, the first left that you take at the end, there's like a construction zone. There's a big sign. Yeah. That's probably one of my favorite spots. Yeah. That, and then there's I think up by Dynamic Earth is always good. Again. So dynamic earth in the parking lot or where you, uh, yeah, like, okay. I haven't taken it from there, but honestly, like, it's, it's the best thing in the world is to be able to, like, take that stuff in, especially in the summer when it's, like, the days are long and it's, like, you know, 10 o'clock and you got the sun that's, like, this red sky just, like, dipping over the background. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) No, it's, it's the best part, I think. And there's, um, a lot of places in, like you said, southern Ontario, a lot of city areas, man, I can't, I can't even fathom far I have to go to see a sunset it was rough when I was in school the thing for me too is like the light pollution like where we are there's no city lights or anything like that so it's uh like you you look up like like our hot tub hasn't been working in a while but like we look up from the hot tub and there'd just be like the whole like stars like it just stars all over the sky right so like that's the that's the like such an awesome opportunity where like the idea you go to a bigger town and there's light pollution everywhere whether it's in apartment buildings or just houses or whatever kind of thing right and yeah. We can definitely have those places in Northern Ontario that don't have that. Nice. Now, Sudbury released this thing, I think about a week ago, about more bike, like bike stands and stuff being placed outside of businesses. I was curious if you read anything about that or saw any of it. Uh, I know that they're doing the the, uh, the widening of the bike lanes, especially nice, down Parish Street. Good. Like that, that's one place that I like. We we own the business, the building here, so like what like as like. Uh, because they own the building, I'll get yeah. the notices in the mail of uh, the nice. different construction projects that are going on. I haven't heard about that, but like, one of one of my teammates uh, drives an electric vehicle, and I'm and I told him I'd love to get an electric vehicle plug here. Like, I want to yeah. be like, and I know that there there's an app that would show like everyone that has that kind of yeah. thing. So like the idea of bike uh, extra bike parking or uh, our EV plugs or whatever is needed. Like, I love that idea of kind of offering those things nice. in the future. Because again, that's like. That's what I like. I, I like the idea of thinking outside the box and you know yeah. the non-traditional ways and like encouraging uh, like alternate forms of uh, you know uh, transportation or whatever they need to be yeah. right. So nice. Yeah. Now, David, to kind of wrap it up and close, um, do you have any last like piece of advice or word you kind of stick with uh, the audience can have keep with you, keep with them uh, before I have you on again, hopefully in the future. I think the biggest thing that I can think of is. Like, a lot of people, especially young people, look at yeah. failing. Like, like I'm going to talk about two different things, but they look at, like, failing and that as, a, as a negative. And failing is, like, one of the biggest positives you can be because by failing, it means you tried something, and you probably tried something different or you tried something unique, and you're not going to learn in this life by just watching other people. You're going to have to try things, and, right. and failing is, like, like, that's definitely something you have to go through. You have to go through different Absolutely. experiences and things like that, and it right. might not be successful, but that's okay. Like, it's just you know, continue to be at it and hopefully that's not going to get you down and you're going to be able to try again. But, you know, from the, our first conversation with, a, you know, around your podcast and everything, yeah. um, the idea of people, 
I, I remember being in second year high school and I think it was like you're picking and you're like, oh, am I going to be in college classes or university classes? And like, you're basically picking where you want to go at that point. Yeah. And like, it frustrates me to no end that like we, we're teaching people, we're teaching kids at, you know, 13, 14 years old, whatever they are at that age that like, this is the path that you're going to take and this is what you're going to be. Yeah. Like, I love saying, like, I don't know what I'm going to be when I grow up. You know, I'm, I'm sitting here, I'm 35 years old, and, like, you know, I've been successful on, like, uh, from a different perspective or whatever you can call that or whatever. But, like, I, I don't know what I want to do when I grow up still. Like, you know, and that, that's a fun part of it. Yeah. Like, that makes life exciting because, like, I'm doing something I really like to do now. What does life look like in the future? I don't know. Like, you know, I'm open to new experiences. Yeah. I'm open to new learning. Maybe starting other businesses or whatever that looks like, right? But, like, figure out what you do well. Figure out what you're good at. And go all in on that. Like, that's the Gary Vee mentality where, like, yeah. you know, stick to your strengths. If you're not great at something, sure, but maybe you need to improve a little bit. But, like, stick yeah. to your strengths and, and focus on those things. And nice. the rest of do something you're passionate about, and the rest of the things are going to work out. Easy. Sounds, uh, sounds really easy when you put it in words like that, too. <laughs> but, well, now you actually do the hard work. <laughs> yeah, the hard work, although, like you said, if you like it, it's, it's not that bad. Like, especially when it comes to the show, I enjoy the hell out of listening to everything you're saying, writing down structured points I want to talk about and reaching out to the next person, waiting, chatting, hearing yeah. what they have to say, editing for hours, you know, so. You're on the grind, buddy. Yeah. You're doing a fantastic job. Keep it up. Like Man, you it say, means a lot. 45. Really I, I can't it. wait to be episode, like, yeah. when, you, when you hit 100, that's yeah. when I'll be back on. That'd oh, be that'd be sick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to have like, a, I have like a vision of what I want to talk about, who I want to talk to it with, because I think there's a very certain level I want to like I want the podcast to get to and I know I can drive it but I know the guests driving it as well it's almost it creates that community that is the show well and that's what like especially getting the word out on a local yeah. level like the idea of being able to uh, market it you know yeah. where, where you like link me and then I'm linking people that yeah. I know and I'm and spreading the word there right yeah. so like that's how it, that's how you really you really spread from there but 